I am John, Wookiee impersonator and a Ladrin warlock with the Warriors of the Stars. Along came Jason, my bearded friend. Fabulous secret ideas revealed to me the day he came to my house and said, I want to make a podcast! Only two others share this secret. Eric of the Loch Ness and Jacob. Together we started talking about toys, comics, games, and movies on the Super Awesome Geek Show! Yes, today I'm Today I have a dog. <laughs> today. Uh, lay down. You were fine for a second. We we said now that we're talking about you and said we have a dog. The thing gets up. Oh <laughs> yeah. I, I think that they know when they're being referred to. Right. Dogs do. They do. Uh, All right. I so think it's um, that evolved mechanism. There's an evolved mechanism in that dog. <laughs> in all dogs. I mean, it, it's <laughs> dogs have evolved to be. <laughs> You know, sounds like a transformer. Lovable and you know, helpful to humans, so that they could perpetuate. My God, they're all this way. Save yourselves! <laughs> oh, pets. That's why I have they're cats. Demons. All right, I think we should actually do an intro with us four, and then, uh, as I'm sure people will text me if they get home in time and want to come on before seven-ish when we wrap ourselves up or so. All right. Cool. Think you're ready, Chris? You guys hear that? It sounds like a faint voice screaming and then suddenly silenced. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. I might just have a really dark sense of hearing. I don't know. I, po- I apologize. <laughs> dark sense Sorry, of hearing. I'm killing Ewoks over here. Just. Mind your business. Hey, they ate humans. There's no reason you can't eat them. Uh, yeah, I'm just okay, killing seriously, them. Seriously, that's hilarious. I'm, I'm, they I'm were going to eat Luke and Han, weren't they? Well, yeah, but that's like the primitive thing. Like Their attitude is like, we don't know what you are. Let's kill you and eat you. That's yeah. like that's about any culture or anything. I mean, I imagine human beings are probably like, hey, animal, you taste delicious probably. I'm going to kill you and find out. Yeah, we would. We'd kill an Ewok and eat it. I guess you're right, because we wouldn't understand what it was, because we can't understand that Jubu language they talk. It's furry. It, yeah. that, enough said, you know. It, it, it's furry. It's an animal. It, it, it looks like a teddy bear. Hence yeah, therefore I need edible. to kill it and eat it. Yeah. That yub-nub sounded like, like a critter. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um... Did you guys ever did you guys ever watch Dimitri Martin? There was a skit that he said where he said, I think pets are just animals that we just decided weren't delicious. <laughs> That's pretty much it. I mean, think about how we see some of these things. I mean, uh, it, uh, um, I think it was Dennis Leary who was, who was talking about the same thing is just like, you know, the, uh, you know, the, People uh, don't want to mess with the dogs because they're cute. But, you know, you, you get, you know, what about the cow? It's like you're a baseball uh, mitt. You know, you're a jacket. <laughs> you're cute. You're a jacket. You're a baseball mitt. You're useful. Yep. No. It was because when they were sitting around the fire, like dogs ever got ever closer and humans just started getting used to tossing the scraps out to the outer perimeter of their, fo- of their you know, fire pit. And the dogs just kept getting ever closer and closer, and eventually, they realized that uh, the dogs were helpful because they would once they once they started getting fed a lot, they actually started fedding and getting off other predators that would come around, 
So, you know, fighting off like big cats or other things to keep the people safe so that the dogs could themselves could stay fed. And that's oh, yeah, like, totally. Yeah, that's like kind of how they became domesticated, right? Well, they said it was like 130,000 BC or something like that is when dogs were domesticated, something like that. Yeah, I don't know how they could ever know that, but sure. They carbon date uh, and trace back the uh, life forms as far as like evolutionary process. So they find uh, anything that's the closest to wolves because the evolutionary traits for dogs today for domestication started happening once we started taking them in. Oh, that's true. They were, yeah, because they were all, they were, they all have like one, they go back to basically like one wolf gene, don't they? Maybe I'm crazy here, but if I remember right, I I thought it was, it was 30,000 years for dogs and 18,000 years for cats. Um, You know, they said a 30 at one point, but uh, they actually just, they recently made a discovery I think just last year, actually, saying that uh, it's actually farther back. Huh. Yeah, Great. and cats actually willingly domesticated themselves, interestingly enough. Yeah, yeah. They were like, oh, we want to be people's friends, so you're just going to accept this as a pet. So I think it's kind of more like, you're going to worship me as a god and feed yeah. me. Give me food. Thank you. Give when, me food. Did, when, when do you guys think that like the cockroach or something like that became domesticated? Oh, uh, about 20 years ago. 20? 20? About just... 20 years ago, because that's when Tom, like, started doing that thing, right, where he, like, had the whole bunch of, like, cockroaches under his couch, and he's like, hey, guys, check out my pets. Is and then everyone's like, is? Tom, you're Joe's scaring a, the hell then, out of us. Then okay. Joe's apartment. Okay. Then Joe's apartment. You know, right. so, 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 really, really, we've only had the cockroach as a household pet for, for, for the last 25 to 30 years. Okay. Hmm. I think and, I heard... And still people will look, up, look down upon it. I think I heard Christina yeah. puke. Uh, yeah, I went. I grew up in the desert, you know, where Palm Springs and Palm Desert, where they in Coachella, that area where they do Coachella Fest and all that. I grew up down there. And one night I was at home sitting in my parents' kitchen in the dark, talking on the phone to my friend using the kitchen phone. And we are like really in suspense right now. I hope you know and, that because that yeah. you took you're taking a long time. Oh, it's it's <laughs> no, go, I don't, going. This is I don't great. know. I don't know if you've ever seen a date beetle, a but date they're what? They're huge. It's like five cockroaches, like five cockroaches. <laughs> yeah. That's like the size of a bathroom tile or something. <laughs> yes, <laughs> how big they are. And I'm sitting there on the floor, and I hear this. Across, like from its legs, yes, like yeah, a like a, immense, like an alien face hugger, clicking oh, yeah. like the size across, of your hand across oh, the floor. And I'm like, what is that sound? And I look, and like literally a foot or two away from me is one. I screamed, bloody murder, jumped up. There's a chair. I'm jumping up on top of the chair. My mom comes running, and she's all, "What? I'm a look!" And she's like, "Ew!" And I, my brother comes running through. He goes. Oh man, that's huge! And I'm like, come on, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and he did, and all you hear is this crunch. And I mean, it, it is a laugh uh, because they have a, a hard. I think I would have kicked it. I wouldn't have like tried to squish it. We have pinchers at the top. <laughs> of I would have like kicked it and then like, you know, hopefully banked it off one of the corners uh, in the hallway so it bounced yeah. down. And then, and, open, then, and then I would just open the other door to the hall, to the outdoors and just kind of like drop kick it outside. Just oh, whoosh, he, tr- he tried that. And then another night, because we do live in the desert, like things come in and I'm asleep in my room and it's dark. 
and I hear uh, flying in my room, and it's a cockroach oh, flying it was, around it in the was dark. flying. Okay, I and thought I, and, I thought like something I, was like licking you somewhere. I'm like ah, gross. And I'm I realized what it was because I hear it hitting the wall, and my bed's next to a wall, and I just covered myself in blankets, and I'm like help, help. Wow. <laughs> they chased it out of my room, and I'm like close my door. Like it was, it was terrible. So I really don't like cockroaches or uh, deep beetles. Ben, you guys are hilarious. Got it. I, I I grew up with with beetles, like rhino beetles, oh. and um, I forget what they call them, like Hercules beetles, the the ones with the gigantic pinchers and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Hercules ones. And uh, I mean, we had them as pets uh, in Japan. Uh, I mean, they would sell them and stuff, which is. Um, so so they were totally seen as this like benign thing and and you could totally have them like pit off against each other um and fight uh which thinking back on that now is was probably terrible i mean you know and and uh, like you know <laughs> kind of awful to do to your pet um but god we had nasty ass cockroaches over there that were just the worst they they were yeah. about an inch inch and a half long uh for their body they they looked just kind of slimy. I mean, they they, they were the ugh, huh. like 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 an oil like like a, a oil on a puddle. You know, they just <laughs> were just kind of gross like that. Huh. And um and they too flew, um and they were fast skitterers. Uh, I had one crawl across my pillow as I slept, <gasps> oh. um which freaked me the hell out because it woke me up and I'm just like I woke up and eye to eye with one of these damn things as it crawled across my my pillow. Um, but I mean, those things were just like everywhere when I was growing up, but like, just, just, uh, you know, I mean, if, if there was the tiniest opening in your house, those things would find a way in somewhere. Uh-huh. Um, and so, so we got, you know, used to, we always had like a can of, of cockroach spray, uh, floating around, but even that didn't kill the damn things, uh, half the time. I mean, those things were resilient. And if you tried to like whack at it from on the wall with like a shoe or whatever, uh, I hit one with like the edge of like the the the, the spray can, and it shrugged it off and flew at my face, and I was like, "Oh crap!" You know, it it it, it kind of made me phobic at the damn things. But uh, but you know, I mean, uh, compared to some of the bugs that are over there, you know, I mean, they were they were almost mm-hmm. tame. Well, so hey, are we uh, is, is, yeah, well, no, we're seeing if Chris can hear, because well, Chris is now silent, so I want to see if he talks, if he'll be unfuzzy uh, or whatever it was, because you don't get, I don't hear the fan anymore, do you guys? No, I don't. Chris? Are you there, Chris? All right, let's, since Chris is set up, let's do a little, uh intro we will start talking i'll just you know introduce each person give you give everybody a couple of seconds or a few minutes or so to say what they've done the last week if they found anything geeky or anything interesting was going on and then we'll get into introducing chris from alter ego so chris you'll be last and uh i want you just to say a quick little thing about alter ego and the, the store and then we'll get into um some comic picks. Talk about, you know, what your favorite pit, what your picks are for if you brought any. Talk about some of your favorite comics that are going on right now. And the rest of us will agree, disagree, or add in one that we really like if there's something that's not on your list. All right? Sound good? 
Sounds good to me. And then if there's time, we will do Civil War versus Superman Batman. It's just interesting to me that in the theaters, both companies have a uh, battle, you know, kind of movie going. You know what I mean? No, it was, yeah. it, it was probably planned. Oh, yeah. I mean, these these dates have been set for years now. Yeah. So I'm sure that was a plan. You're right. All right. So here we go. You guys ready? Yep. Yeah. Go. Because it's time for another episode of the Super Awesome Geek Show. Yay. Yay. Woo. It's time to put on makeup. Oh, we don't have to because we're behind a microphone. I still did it anyways. <laughs> I did not. And we're not infringing on the Muppets. We're not infringing on the Muppets. No, we are not. This okay. is not a TM product. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, one cool thing that was on my mind lately, I ran into, I have been very much into uh, comics that have been put out by Rick Remender. And I ran into... A uh, guy who was selling uh, issues one through six of the comic called Low, and I did have the graphic novel of the first the first graphic novel, but then I've been picking up the single issues from where that left off, mm-hmm. thanks to Alter Ego. And uh, I just happened upon these things, so I bought all six because I didn't want to leave the guy with um you know a couple of extra ones. In the middle there, you know, you don't want to leave with number six if you've already got one through five. You know what I mean? He's like, what am I going to do with this now? No one's going to buy just number six. So I bought them all. But um, I thought that was a pretty cool find because I kind of figured that low would be, you know, especially their number one, number two or something would be pretty expensive. I actually have never looked to see how much they really are or not, but got them for cover price. So I thought it was a pretty good deal. But it got me thinking, like, what? You know, they, that's some of my one of my favorite comics going on right now, and I wanted to know what some of your guys' favorites are. And I just happened to get uh, Chris. Now, Chris, your last name is Hulick. That's correct. All right, and he works. You're, are you the manager there? Do you run the place, basically? I do not run the place. Uh, the title would be manager, but it's more of like daily operations. Okay. Or yeah, babysitting. Okay. Choreographer. Choreographer, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. And uh, Chris is going to give us some of his picks, hopefully, for what he thinks are some great comics that people should be reading out there, and the rest of us will uh, chime in our thoughts on those. But first, let's introduce our crew, right? So I'm John, host of the Super Awesome Geek Show, and today we have Let's Choose Tyler to go first. Tyler, say hello. Hi, everybody. What's been going on the last week? You find anything cool? Did you run across anything like my low find or you know, anything actually, I did. better? I did. I uh, found this guy who was selling uh, most of his Batman collection, and I have purchased like almost 200 Batman comics. Wow. Hey. It was pretty nice. What era? Uh, it's the 90s to current, so everything up until about 713. Uh, it's a lot of stuff to uh, go through. A lot of first appearances, a lot of important storylines. But yeah, you know, '90s was not the best time for comics, so most of it's like filler, and then interesting storyline, and then filler, but and then interesting storyline. But all around a good find. I mean, I found one for sixty bucks, but I bought it within the lot for basically nothing. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. 
Yeah, and so I like a lot of the stuff that came out, you know, in the 2000s to now, you know, especially the last few years, right? Oh, yeah, what do you think definitely. of that, you know? Yeah, yeah no, the, the, the 2000s to now, I think, has been uh, much, a, a lot kinder to comics lately because, I mean, if you look at the 90s, I feel like, look at, like, the X-Men, there was, like, six, seven, eight titles that you had to read in order to understand a linear storyline, and... I think a lot of that was obviously the popularity of it, but I feel like the industry was just capitalizing on that massively. And then the image comics got created, so there was a third industry, and then Dark Horse started getting more popular. I think that the 2000s was definitely like the peak for comics starting to reach its popularity and its real like pop culture uh, uh, mainstay and effect on uh, our, our our culture. Yeah, isn't that kind of amazing that like when when Marvel was going to Basically, they did go bankrupt, right, Rob? Wasn't it? Well, Marvel went yeah, bankrupt, they, right, they, I believe, they, twice. They, they did actually they did. go bankrupt, yeah. And it kind of felt like, you know, because I, I think I was leaving the comic book store right around the same time that that happened. I was moving on to work at Xerox full-time. And, uh, and yeah, it just felt almost like comics were dying, like the whole industry was going heads up. And then only a few short years later, it's like the biggest thing in the world. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's just kind of baffles me how things can just flip flop so quick. You know? Well, honestly, I think it's because of the X Men movie from two thousand with Brian Singer. Well, that why they listed on the important movie list. Like, I've always been like, why do you list it under your top lists? I see it on a lot of lists for like top lists of important movies. Well, because that was the the first like serious big budget yeah. comic book movie that we'd seen since uh you know I guess Batman in 89 Oh definitely you know? um and this one actually took the property seriously and you know so on and so forth arguably up to that point it was the best comic movie comic book movie that we'd seen you know uh yeah, maybe true. you know tied with the like the original Superman or something Yeah um for 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 feel uh and you know, it wasn't until after that that Spider-Man wound up coming uh, uh, coming out, and, uh, and then you know, we started. Man. Yep, and then eventually Iron Man, but Iron yeah. Man wasn't until like 2008. Was Correct. it really that long? Yeah. 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 So, so we had this 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 period of time in the early 2000s where things were actually really shaky because every comic book property was getting bought up by every movie company, and some of them were doing. A decent job, and some of them were doing some pretty shoddy shit. Uh, <laughs> and yeah. uh, th- there were a few movies that almost killed it. Yeah, that's like, true. Uh, you there, know, Electra. Electra, yes, there you go. Um, Fantastic with, Four. Oh yeah, all of them. Uh, <laughs> why, why can't they release Fantastic Four? Come on, guys, give up on making movies and just give it back to Marvel, please. Oh, that would One be word. nice. Fox. I don't care. Yeah. Just well, give well, it how back. About this? Let's get Fantastic Four in, uh, you make, know. Yeah, with, make an agreement. Yeah, make, make an agreement, you know, with 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 them. Say you'll split the deal, split the money, or something, you know. Well, did you hear uh, about the sequel? They canceled uh, the the sequel. It's no longer. Oh on my the gosh, are you serious? Yeah. So thank yeah. you, thank you, thank you. When I heard sequel, they were doing it anyways. I was like, oh come on, really? But anyways, since, since, since gosh, Trank after that after. 
that movie dropped. I mean, with the crazy stuff that he was doing behind the scenes and whatnot, they fired him uh, off of uh, his upcoming Star Wars movie even. You know, I mean, uh, that's what happens when you wind up working in an industry where you're working with the same producers and so on and so forth. You know, he really shot himself in the foot with uh, with this Fantastic Four movie. He really did. Wow. You know, I don't think he's going to work in Hollywood again after this. For a long while. Probably not. Uh, well, you fit into a different niche. In a film, but, but he's not going to do anything big in Hollywood. I think that was his big shot, and he, like, titaniced it. Uh. <laughs> well, and since we got the uh, next person talking there, we'll introduce Rob anyway. Here you go, Rob. Uh, anything cool uh-huh. going on in the last week or so? Oh, dude. Uh, one, I saw Force Awakens finally for the second time. Okay, cool. Uh, and saw it totally legit in uh, Pacific Science Center, which has the, you know, huge Gigantor IMAX. Um, oh, Gigantor IMAX, cool. Yeah, and it was... Yes. It was but here's 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 the, the kicker, at least for me. I, I've been kind of nerding out about this. For the last week or so, I've been researching this collection that we got in... Uh, uh, at uh, at my shop, uh, Corner Comics, um, and uh, uh, of a bunch of underground books, and and some of these things are are ridiculous. I found a French uh, published uh, Mobius folio today. Really? Oh yeah, uh, a bunch of R. Crumb. Um, I, I oh this this tripped me out. Uh, there was a first print Lizard Zen by Von Bode, who's one of the great underground uh, uh, American underground comic artists. And uh, to, to, to think that this thing was, you know, I mean, these guys back then, this was in the uh, late 60s, early 70s. Uh, I mean, these guys were hand stapling these comics. They, they were, you know, printing them out on like whatever they could get their hands on. Huh. You know, so, so, you know, it, to, to think that I'm holding something that Von Bode like hand stapled, and you know, and put out there is has been kind of blowing my mind. Wow! Uh, Lucky but, you. Oh, it, it just and researching this stuff and just figuring out, you know, what some of this stuff is, you know, what printings they are, is really like challenging work. But it's so fascinating, for, at least for me. Uh, <laughs> totally, uh, totally agree. Yeah. You know, um, got this crazy lot uh, where this guy was like one of the inaugural members of the Cerebus fan club, and it's like. All he saved everything, including the mailing envelopes, huh. <laughs> like everything from from the early '80s, like all this crazy, like super rare Cerebus uh, uh, stuff is, is and 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 I'm getting to like, you know, have it all through my hands and stuff. It's, it's just it's been a fun week. I have all that for the Star Wars fan club when I was a kid. I still have. I found the other day the uh, folder and every single thing, all the mailing labels. Each individual mm-hmm. piece of paper is stuck in a magazine or a comic bag individually, so they're yeah. all, you know. And I was like, I can't believe I saved all this stuff like this so meticulously too. When I was a kid, I must have been like, you know, like, what do they call it <laughs> when you're like, like OCD, right? I had to put everything in its place, you know. You know, strangely enough, I can believe it. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. And uh, today we also have Christina joining us again. Christina, welcome back. Hi. How are you, and what are, how are things going in your life this week? <laughs> Other than uh, today's big letdown, we're still behind yeah. you 100. Yeah. percent Yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, 
It was good, I guess. Um, today was a bummer, but, <laughs> you know, as I sat there the first half just going, oh, okay, this is just not good. I think I was scowling at the TV. Anybody who talked to me, there's people tweeting, hey, by the way, uh, Carolina ran this and Seahawks have only ran this. I said, I think we're all watching and we can count. Like, I responded to that. They go, oh, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, I was a little mad. Um, as far as the rest of the week, I have tomorrow off. Yay, thank you, Martin Luther King. Um, yep. And uh, I, I wanted to see Star Wars again, but it just didn't happen. Been to a few bookstores and um, just looking around at all the... Stuff. I think every store has Star Wars everything in it. Star Wars books, you know, <laughs> Star Wars toys. Hey, guess what? We have the same toys they have at Star Wars, but at bookstore prices. Yeah. Um, and uh, um, as far as comics go... Would you like that thing I, I put... Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, that's okay. I, I'm just saying, I'm a... Hey, this was a TV show. Look, they make comics for it. I think I'll read it. Or, hey, this one looks good. I think I'll read it. it that I'm not a file. I was like, all right. Um, yeah, that sounds like my everyday. Yeah, well, how and big then was it, the hall? How big was what? The hall. How many comics uh, did you get? About 20. A week? A week? Uh-huh. Yeah, that's excessive. Oh, yeah, that, yeah, that's more that's than me. Lot. That's saying something. Yeah, yeah same care. And I didn't mind. I mean, I didn't mind going. I'm I'm very easygoing in that fact. Hey, you like something? Hey, I'll like it with not, like, I don't like it too. It's like, I'll just support you. Yay, did you like it? Did you enjoy it? You know. Um, 20 comics is like getting almost everything that, that drops in a week. Right. Um, yeah. yeah, I just, I'm, I, I'm just a, hey, Look, they made Walking Dead comics. I kind of watched that show. What are the comics like? Oh, I didn't like these. Okay. And, you know, or, hey, I watched that movie. Look, they made a graphic novel out of it. I'll read it. Oh, that was kind of dumb. Like, that, I'm just, I have to find something I like. And I'll be, like, I'll read it so fast because I'm a fast reader that, like, five minutes go by. And I'm like, uh, I have to wait till the next one? Really? Okay. You could buy them in graphic novel form and get a whole punch, or just save them up. That if you buy multiple different titles, yes. you you like leave one, you know, like Avengers over there while you're reading Spider Man, and then like after if you do that like enough, you'll wait and uh, and Avengers will have like five comics, and then when you're reading all the Avengers ones, your Spider Mans will pile up, and then you just go it's back, true. you know, right? Well, and and here's a little nerd dumb about me, um. I liked the... Okay, so everybody knows what True Blood is. Are you aware? Yeah. yeah. Okay, I was a big watcher of that show. I have all the seasons. Um, and I read all the books multiple times. And so when the comics and graphic novels started coming out, I'm, I was like grabbing them all up and reading them. And I was like, wait a minute. They are not sticking to the story. They are going off on their own. Oh, that's what comics do. Okay. And then I was like, and for a while I got annoyed because I was like, what are you doing with these people? I don't like this. <laughs> you know, because the books were one way and then the TV show took it a different direction and I was okay with it. And then the comics took it an even different direction. And I was like, oh, this is too many directions. So I kind of stopped reading those, but um, 
that's the kind of comics I am. I'm pretty much open to anything. So I will just nod at a lot of your comments. <laughs> well, maybe, no, no, maybe you'll learn something and, uh, and, uh, and find something that interests you through our discussion. And I will run out and buy it Yes, tomorrow. right, see? Mm-hmm. So let's introduce Chris from Alter Ego Comics and Toys He in the Crossroads Mall, right? That's correct. In Bellevue, Bellevue, yeah. Washington State, United States. America. <laughs> so, World. Earth. North, North. Yeah. I guess there would have been North America then Earth, huh? I didn't, oh, well, I, didn't want, I didn't want someone in some far-off land like New Guinea walking off into the jungle and going to the crossroads and being like, where's this comic store? <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm sorry, I don't know why that tickled me so much. <laughs> so, Chris, how are you doing? I'm doing good. I was uh, getting a good kick out of all the NFL scores today. No. Not the yeah. way we all wanted it to go, huh? Well, I'm from uh, the L.A. area back when we had the Rams and uh, the Raiders. So I have no affiliation, but it's interesting to watch people squirm. <laughs> True. I, and I'm from California, and I'm a Seahawks fan. There you go. Well, I, in, out of proximity, there's definitely you know, a desire to see the people around you happy, but... Uh, my high school mascot was the Raiders. The local football team was the Raiders. We had Snoop Dogg living next door that was a coach of one of the football teams. It was a heavy oh. Raider nation around us. So watching the Seahawks fans get all riled up, it's um, it's interesting to me. Huh. Not, not entirely the same kind of uh, enthusiasm as the Raiders, right? No, it's a, definitely a different style. Yeah. The... the amount of energy in LA is more um, I guess aggressive mm-hmm. where people definitely have the same kind of emotions it's just not shown the same way huh. I was kind of wanting Green Bay to win last night and I wanted Seattle to win today and see a Green Bay versus Seattle game I thought that yeah. would be a really fun and good good game it would be a good matchup now I just kind of think that uh, it's going to be one-sided. I This is my, and when the Seahawks weren't doing as good as they were, you know, weren't doing good at the first start of the season, I kind of was like, okay, and the Patriots and the Panthers were just blowing everybody out of the water. I said, you watch. I said, nothing against my team, but the way these guys are playing, they're going to be in the Super Bowl. And um, now that the Seahawks are eliminated and a few others are eliminated, um, I still think it could be the Panthers and the Patriots in the Super Bowl, which, okay, based on playing, they deserved, but it makes me want to vomit. So, See, I don't like the Patriots so much I don't want to watch, but I'll still watch it. So, Chris, uh, let's see. Do you have any recommendations, any top five picks? Uh, so the first one I would want to mention is Welcome Back. The trade paperback is coming out at the same time as the number five is being released. Oh, cool. So it's by Christopher Sabella, who was at Jet City this year. Um, I didn't know he was going to be there. It was an, like really awesome to see him, and he was a really nice guy. So hopefully um, people will start to, to see the awesomeness that I think it is. 
yeah. I think it's um, definitely got some material in it that people can relate to from other stories and movies and novels. It's got a lot going on, I think, a lot of potential. Um, at the same time, you don't know everything that's going on. And the original four books, um, I think, or was it around the first two books or three books, was originally done by um, one artist, and now it's being handed over to a second, except for, I think, the majority of the covers. But I besides see. that, it was supposed to be a four-parter that's now turned into an ongoing. And this is the one that I've really been trying to push to people just because of the originality and the creativity. Yeah, um, I, I've, re I've read the first three, and I really like it. It it It's kind of... It's hard to explain. It's like... You start out thinking one thing, and then you realize it's something kind of different. And I mean, there's kind of like, I mean, I mean, not kind of like, there is sort of worlds within worlds, right? Wouldn't you say? I think that it definitely um, societies. You know, there's um, the things in the shadows that are going on that you're yeah. not aware of, and then you have um, was it reincarnation as uh, an aspect of it. Um, definitely a love-hate relationship, um, you know, opposite ends of the, or sides of the crossroads. Yeah. There's a lot going on. And even in four books, I think I could see where the story was going to end. But now that it's an ongoing, I was, I'm really happy that it's an ongoing because I thought it was good enough to keep going. Yeah. But it was written so well, in my opinion, that if it stayed a four-parter, I would would have been both happy and unhappy because of how much I liked it. <laughs> um, outside of that, I don't... There's... Um, I mean, Lowe's coming out this month, and then we'll have the, the second issue of the next story arc. Yep. Um, I'm, I'm always going to be looking forward <laughs> to that one. I think um, Remender and Tocini are just killing it on that one. Um, and then the continuing of Tokyo Ghost with Remender and uh, Murphy. Murphy's art on that, I think, just is really um, highlighting, you know, how awesome of an artist he is. Well, Murphy's incredible. He's a guy that I think has been really underrated for a really long time. And uh, it's nice to see him, uh, you know, getting some... some, some uh, good high profile projects and i think he is just on the cusp of being one of like the superstars well i mean i feel like he's done like a lot of different things before you know like wolverine and batman stuffs but i definitely agree with what you're saying i mean i, th I feel like his notoriety with things like punk rock jesus has definitely propelled him forward a lot more definitely but... You know, I feel like things like this and maybe some future work with either DC or Marvel, but being, it has to be like a main title. We'll definitely mm -hmm. put it back in the limelight again. Yeah, I think he's a, just a phenomenal, phenomenal artist. And Punk Rock Jesus was bloody brilliant. Oh, absolutely awesome. See, I've really liked, um, I like Low a lot and also Black Science by Remender. Oh, Black Science is totally cool. I think those a... those two. Oh no, I have Saga. I like those are like instant reads as soon as they're <laughs> like on the as soon as I get them, they're on the top of the pile. Well, that's not even fair. Brian Vaughn and anything that he does is just amazing. Like, there's not something that he's done where it's been bad. Oh yeah, like, have you, 
he's insane. He's he's no, he's, he's in my opinion, I think he's this generation's Alan Moore, minus all of the stories that involve rape. Yeah, they're fair enough. Yeah. No, no like kidding. seriously, think of one Alan Moore story where that's not like a main point in it. Oh, I know, I know, and and his stuff as of late has been really terrible. And and uh, I, I get that he's basically releasing scripts as he needs paychecks, but but uh, his his uh, work that's been published by like Avatar has been super creepy, like Cthulhu rape. You know, I mean, just the, that's just the constant theme going through his work, and and it's really just just it rubs me the wrong way. I mean, it's just, it, it's kind of, it's just gross to me. Yeah. Like I, I'm a fan of HP Lovecraft and Cthulhu oriented stuff. Like I oh, have a Necronomicon tom- you know, tattooed on me, mm-hmm. but, and I, and I can appreciate what he's trying to go for, but you know, unless it's something like in the killing joke or in Watchmen or, uh, even like just a, what was it? League of extraordinary gentlemen. You know, mm-hmm. some of those were implemented as proper, storytelling devices but some of it's just like and now sexual assault yeah and and all all the stuff that i've seen lately of his has has been very very heavy on that as a as a component uh you know neonomicon um what was the most recent providence yeah um less so in providence but still you know uh and, and it's just made me not as excited about seeking his work out when, when I see a drop. Agreed. On the uh, subject of Reminder, I, I mean, and Chris and I have had conversations about this since, like, back when I first started going to Alter Ego. The dawn I'm of time. Kind of, yeah, well, yeah. Uh, and, and I don't know, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm hit or miss when it comes to Reminder, because things like Black Science, it took me a while to get into, but I, I did get into oh, it. Oh, he hooked me immediately from the first page i don't know what it was about that i like the the kind of the fluid morality in there uh you know the 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 which usually doesn't do it for me but but i like the the idea that that uh you know these are people who are willing to punch holes in universes they're not exactly you know thinking of all of our well-being uh you know i i kind of enjoyed that that in the characters there and then the the idea that you know, the guy that you kind of hate from the beginning has to become the caretaker of the kids and so on and so <laughs> forth. It is a really interesting kind of twist on, on uh, you know, in, in, in the storyline and whatnot. So so it got me fairly early on. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, it's usually it's on something that I usually don't care for as much. So, yeah. interesting. You know, win, I guess. <laughs> Well, see, guess... that was the same thing with uh, that's what that's kind of what's been getting me into reading things that aren't Marvel and DC. I mean, I barely read any DC, anyways, but um, Marvel, you know, was kind of my thing. But I got Saga, and just right from the moment that first graphic novel I picked up, I just right from the first page was just kind of blown away. And then mm. when Black, and then I saw Black, and you guys recommended Black Science, and then it was like low, and then more, you know, and I had liked Remender's work on Marvel books, so I was familiar with it. And then started reading some of uh, like Matt Fraction's independent stuff mm-hmm. because I like his thing. I liked everything he did when he worked at Marvel and other stu- other things. You know, he's a really yeah. talented writer. He's kind of 
he's probably up there with Bendis, and I'm kind of sad to see he's not really doing as much Marvel stuff right now. I I definitely appreciate what he's doing with like Sex Criminals and Odyssey and stuff like that. Yeah, I I, yeah. I found a bunch of a whole well, stack of Odyssey the other day, and I grabbed those, and I've been I re- I just read the first one. I really liked it a lot. Oh, it's a weird comic. Yeah, man. It's it is. Gender bending, and it's very like Homer's Odyssey style, obviously. Well, but yeah, yeah. It's it very. He he, I think is a the kind of writer who definitely uses like sex, as and and kind of like gender as a very interesting uh, uh, writing technique. And I, I think he does it right. He's one of the few writers that I've seen that he does it right, along with like Brian Vaughn. Mm-hmm. Now, why does everybody got hate on DC? Am I the only person who collects DC comics? Oh no, I, I'm where... I'm actually I'm I'm a big oh, DC no. guy. And but, so is but, so uh... is uh, Jason. You're uh, you're you guys are actually in the majority. <laughs> oh, are we? As far as uh, in the group, I think, yeah. I, I think that, that there's a lot of stuff in DC that's been a little weak. I think that there's a lot of stuff that they're doing well with with the way that they were trying to expand their line, but they're they're you know the editorials made an active call to kind of call that back and to not quote unquote Batgirl as many things, sure. um, and and that makes it a little less interesting, I think. Uh, uh, but uh, to be honest, I, I haven't had as much interest uh, with the mainstream stuff for a while now, and and DC has been like my stomping ground since I was like three years old, um, and it's what I've always really enjoyed and always really loved. Um, but uh, I, aside from a, a, like Dark Side War, which has been really solid. Oh, got um, it. Jeff Johns. Oof. Oh, Dark Side War has been fantastic. That's the best thing that DC has going for him right now, other than uh, Let's See Injustice continues to be fantastic. See, um, I got to disagree with you on that. Really? I, d- I can't handle it. I can't do it. It's another friggin' storyline of Superman gone rogue, and it's like, oh my god, and I'm, ju- I'm so tired of every single friggin' storyline being, I what think if Superman was a bad guy? And it's like, oh my god, like, enough already. And you know, but that storyline's been running for five years now, uh, for four years. Uh, they're on year five, and it's rolled out from the beginning to, to you know, originally as as an adaptation of the game. Um, but uh, but I feel like it's rolled out really well. Uh, you know that the story has been very solid from the start, um, and and I don't feel like it's it's really let up. This is probably the last year that it's going to be going. Um, well, you never know. I mean, I, I can see that. You know, uh, well, because it's supposed to be five years in is when uh, it's supposed to hit the timeline of the game. But I, it, it's been one of the few books where where I, you know, I know it's coming out that week. I, you know, get to my store early. Uh, you know, I grab it off the stand. I read the whole damn thing, and then I'm okay. You know, See, it, it, for me, it's, it's like I'm I'm digging on Scott Snyder's Batman. Honestly, that's my favorite thing. That I mean, I'm a Green Lantern mm-hmm. fan immensely. So even Venditti's Grand uh, Green Lantern has been one of my favorite things to read right now too. But I'm really, uh-huh. really, really, really excited that Jeff Johns is going to go back onto Aquaman uh, coming up uh, somewhere around fifty. Oh, that's going to be sweet. Jeff Johns did an amazing job on Aquaman, and Seriously. you know, conti- that's another hero that continues to be. Uh, kind of derided and 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 you know um, uh, just just doesn't get his due. But but if folks actually read the Jeff Johns run, they would be like, 
dude. Seriously, this this Seriously. guy this guy's awesome. Um, he's a fantastic character that just doesn't really get his chance because people don't take it seriously, and he's been canceled so many times. And oh, yeah. I feel like he's kind of like Doctor Strange, where people, you know, who are fans are fans, but mm-hmm. it's the sales popularity. Uh, oh, yeah. politics that everyone has to play. And then... Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, when you figure that Batman sells about 270,000 copies a month and a, a title like, say, Wonder Woman, for example, sells about 30. Sure. Um, thousand. About 30. Yeah, 30,000. Yeah. yeah. Uh, sells 30. about 30,000. Yeah, no, no. no, no just 30, 30 a month. That's it. Um, you know, <laughs> which is, you know, I, I, I know that the big two tend to hold 30K or 25K is kind of like a minimum threshold for, for what they'll keep going in print uh, for, for, for an ongoing series. Yeah. And, and you know, it, it, it's really hard with some of these, uh, these heroes have a, a, a decent fan base, but just not enough to, to keep it over that threshold for, for long stretches of time. Huh. Yeah. And, I mean, look at anything that's been canceled within the last, like, six months uh, from mm-hmm. D.C. is a great sign of that. They just canceled Lost Army um, because of low sales, and now they're doing a, a limited six-issue run to mm-hmm. uh, wrap the story. And then they're canceling, like, three or four other titles, like Batman 66, and mm-hmm. they were going to cancel Omega Men, but the, the, the lash, the, the reaction to that was so immense where people were like, how dare you? That they're like, no, okay, we'll we'll keep it up to twelve and then see where Which it goes. Is nice to see, you know, I mean, there are few, very few um, books that wind up kind of uh, uh, being able to evade the, the the Reaper because of fan demand. You know, like Manhunter back in the day, it was brought oh, yeah. back like twice. Uh, you know, th- th- this was a nice example of of of, of seeing what uh, you know the power of the fans can really kind of bring to the table. Yeah. Um, so it will at least get to complete its run, which is very cool. Yeah. And that being said, I think that there's like a, a flip side of the coin as well, where sometimes people react too much to what the fans want and it can be bit a bit too much, mm-hmm. you know, and that could be with any character where they just, they, they pay way too much attention to what the fans are saying and they should just come. Sometimes people should just go off on their own and say, you know, what? I don't care what you think. I'm going to write a good story. See, that's, that's, it's, that's, it's been, that's it what comes I, down to cancellations that where, where I think they need to listen to the fans. Well, I think this is where like, I'm going to go against Tyler's thing of saying Snyder was great on Batman. Cause I enjoyed Snyder for a long time. It was getting him monthly. Loved it. But then I realized that all he was doing was going through and taking the best Batman stories that were ever written and rewriting them again. How do you figure? I mean, like, Death in the Family. Well, Death in the Family, let's do it again, you know? Uh, well, that's... I, know, I disagree, was, because I don't I feel know, like that was and a what else? There was, story. There was something that was an else, homage, if anything. There was something else that was like that, where he did the, the same the same thing and i'm just like well when's he gonna get to long halloween you know he's gonna do that again i bet well if you if you really want to go into that look at like everything that marvel's done marvel is completely redoing everything they've done in the 90s i mean look at guardians of the galaxy there's six different titles with that yeah much in the same way that they did with yeah yeah with the same thing that they did and none of none of the titles have the none of the titles have the five people that were in the movie that you want to see well and and like i said (laughs) they're capitalizing up a lot on it and they're all new, all different thing. There was a, uh, uh, an all new, all different Marvel period as well, like 10, 20 mm-hmm. years ago. Yeah. It's just that they're following some of the, the original material. stuff. That they... It wasn't that long ago. I'll tell you, it was more like two years ago. 
Was it? Yeah. Well, yeah, and they did. Well, no, you're thinking of Marvel now. You're no, thinking of Marvel no, now. They, they did them all new, all different as well. Are you thinking of the Heroes Reborn? No. Well, they did no. that as well. But I'm thinking, I'm talking about like ni- late '90s when like Rob Liefeld was still doing like uh, Justice League or something. <laughs> you know, we're crossing companies. That's awesome. <laughs> Rob Liefeld. Ugh. God. Um... Hey, Chris, do you got a third pick? <laughs> Let's throw us on another tangent. Yeah. When you guys were talking about Aquaman, I was gonna bring up Jason Momoa. Like, how well do you guys think that's gonna work? I I think he's gonna be great. Yeah, Yeah. I don't have a problem with him. I think he, I think he has a physical presence to make uh, Aquaman be taken a little more seriously. Yeah, let's just hope he's not riding a dolphin. As long as he doesn't fumble mouth the lines, then I'll be okay. Even (laughs) if he is riding a dolphin, you'll be okay. Of course. Dude, if he if he rides that dolphin all gloriously harnessed, you know, in in leather and 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 gold, you know, shining in the sun with a trident <laughs> above his head, I will still be a happy camper. Glorious man sweat glistening in the sun. Wait, what? I'm sorry. What? <laughs> what? 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 Wait, huh? Wait, girl, time. Going into a wrong direction here. Anyways. <laughs> no, I think he's oh. gonna be good. I think that DC is either going to fail or massively succeed in what they're doing because I mean the late the first, that Superman movie was good. You mean it won't not, be me- it won't be any middle mediocre it. middle of the road thing. It'll be either end of the spectrum. It's not going to be middle of the road. I don't think so because that's how it's been with DC for forever. It's either completely successful or completely failure. And I, I'm not hitting on DC for that. I love DC. I really do. I think it's just bad luck sometimes. Well, and and I think it's it's the fact that Warner Brothers has perpetually treated DC like bastard stepchildren that that are that you know they should be a little embarrassed about. You know, they yeah. never really put their resources behind them. They've never taken them seriously. They really and haven't. You know, that really reflects in most of the movies. Um, I like the fact that this new movie is going to be directly addressing what most people bitched about the most about Man of Steel, which is, you know, the destruction, a a a response to the destruction of of Metropolis. You know, mm-hmm. we know that 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 Bats has a mad on for Superman, very specifically because uh, Wayne Enterprises got like wrecked, or Wayne Financial got wrecked, and a bunch of his people that he knew and worked with got killed. You know, and and so I I think it's nice to see them uh, jumping in and and continuing that. Uh, uh, well, well, God, yeah, that's gonna sound. You know, uh, it's, it, it makes it in, it makes for movies. an interesting story. You know, it no, does. it does. You know, and and so I I think that's gonna be a win. I'm I'm really crossing my fingers. And uh, the other thing that keeps me thinking that that it's gonna be solid is that Warner Brothers wound up giving Affleck. Um, the Batman franchise after this for three yeah. movies. Well, they gave which... him a standing ovation after they saw it. They were like, this is the best thing we've seen as far as... That's what they said. They said this is oh, the yeah. best Batman film that they've ever but seen. Think, but oh. I think more telling is the fact that they gave him the franchise. They gave him the money, you know, uh, with, which which is, when, when you look at a big corporation, is far more, uh, you know, far more uh, pointed than, than a standing ovation. They oh make yeah, it the franchise, you know, and, and well, I mean, look at the look at the movies that he's done. Look at look at everything that he's oh, written and directed. Amazing, My, ugh, amazing it's, movies. 
the guy's the guy's done an incredible job since his crash and burn, and I think uh, John and I may have talked about the whole you know uh, trajectory of the Affleck before. Um, but but uh, you know I mean you know you got to think that that anybody when they're in their twenties is going to do dumb shit. That that's just kind of how we do it. You know. Guilty. Uh, you know, uh, you're going to take Guilty. money when it's thrown at your face. <laughs> you know, I mean that that's just you know, how it works. You know, sure. if somebody handed you a script and $20 million and it's a shit script, would you still do it? Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. I would too. And, um, and so, you know, toward the end, he, he was doing some crappy stuff. Then the whole Jennifer Lopez thing happened, which was just ridiculous. And Gili and, and, you know, he just did, he really screwed the pooch there. But, you know, unlike a lot of people who hit rock bottom and he was, I mean, he was a joke. He was definitely at rock bottom, you know. Uh, he, you know, crawled and scraped and uh, and and kind of made his way back up. He really forged himself as an artist, as a director, as a writer, uh, you know, and and started to do much more insightful, thoughtful projects. And and I think that he's at a place now where um, you can compare him to Robert Downey Jr. Um, and, and his trajectory, you know, uh, it, it, you know, with, uh, you know, Shane Black pulling him in for Kiss Kiss Bang Bang with being the, the first thing ever since, uh, you know, he became a pariah with his drug use. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and his kind of rise from there, I think you're seeing a lot of the similar, uh, uh, things happening in, in their, in their, uh, uh, trajectories. Uh, and, and now we have, you know, I mean, whoever thinks of Robert Downey Jr. as being a pariah or a drug addled, you know, nut, you know, yeah. you know, not, not many. And, and I think that, not anymore. The, yeah, exactly. I think that this may be the, re- the redemptive role for, for Affleck just because it's going to, you know, uh, be played across so many sets of eyes. Yeah. yeah. And honestly, I just, I, think... I just hope there's never a, re- a redeeming role in my eyes for, uh, Oh, come on. Why do I always forget things like halfway through my sentence? <laughs> what are they, they, there's a name for that word. Like it just starts brain fart, I think is what it's called. <laughs> That's the technical term. But I, I don't hear anything. It's only silent. Well, it's a silent. It's, uh, <laughs> puns. Very nice. Silent but deadly. deadly. <laughs> Leonardo DiCaprio. That's who I was going to say. I just you know don't what? like oh. his movies. I, I just don't like him in them i don't I know love why him. i honestly I, I adore him i think he's a fantastic actor and honestly it solidified for me with django oh django was great yeah that was the thing for me no i mean his new movie that's coming out i'm so pumped for i watched the revenant um this last uh week and oh, it was it out already yeah uh, it came out friday i think ah right? snap and it is powerful I mean, it it's it just makes you feel kind of dirty as you're watching it, though. I mean, because there's there's a lot of stuff that's really hard to watch. Um, well, I mean, it's in area two. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And, and and he just like worked those folks to the bone. Um, is my understanding. You know, I mean, he just. I mean, they're they're standing in like thirty degree water, you know, with Ooh. ice around them, and and they're doing takes over and over again. You know, it's just. Uh, I, I I heard the working conditions are just insane un, under his uh, direction. Wow, he's like, very 
He pushes it, man. Yeah. I heard it was a good movie. I didn't see it. I heard from somebody. I heard one person really didn't like it. One person liked it. So I think it's that well, intense. I, I think I it, like it's really people react good, to like Birdman. It's, it's hard to watch. So I, I think you're going to get a lot of folks who just you know see it and they're just like, uh, no, yeah, you know? yeah. That's like 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 he just said, Birdman. Um, like mm-hmm. for me. Birdman, I I think is an awesome idea. It was a great film, but mm-hmm. I found the movie hard to watch, and I will probably never watch it again. And see, I was the opposite. I thought that that was probably some of the best cinematography I've ever seen in my life, and he did not let me down. Like every single scene was so satisfying to watch, and it just felt so. It was like watching something that I've never seen before in my life. See, I was yeah. getting His bored or something. I don't know. I was just getting like lost and bored and just being like, "Do I really care about this?" You know, like. And but then I loved the idea behind mm-hmm. it and the whole like, like I don't know. Maybe like if it was an hour, I would have been like, "All right, that was fantastic." You know. <laughs> I think to each their own. Because in my opinion, yeah. I think that like a two-hour movie is a really good uh, amount of time to make a genuinely good movie. Yeah. And. I feel like that's when like the, the what the parameters were to make that movie. That's what I'm hoping for Batman v Superman and uh, Civil War. Well, I'm not. I'll be honest with you. I'm not really that pumped about Civil War. I think Batman v Superman's gonna blow it out of the water. But oh yeah, yeah. I, I I feel because see like here's the thing. I I I almost think that Marvel did a flip around right because didn't they announce that they were doing the Batman Superman fighting, and then they had a different. Uh, Captain America three movie out, name out there in the original timeline, and then well, and then the they switched one, and said, "Well, we're going to do Civil War." I think, I think they Civil went. Civil War's been in the cards for quite a while. I mean, for years and years now. Well, they talked uh, about it because they wanted. To, I think that they were just trying really hard to implement Spider Man. Honestly, more than anything, because that's the reason they got Spider Man in the first place is because he's going to be in Civil War. That's going to be the thing that really competes between the two is Spider-Man's oh. going to be finally a part of the Marvel Universe cinematics, and Wonder Woman yeah. is finally going to be on the big screen. Yeah. But here's the thing. Right. they the, the With Spider-Man, um, the Civil War lo- uh, plotline that, that they were doing initially you know, didn't hinge on Spider-Man. No, uh, not at all. Civil War I mean, was announced really like, long though. before that. And, and yeah. you know, th- with the introduction of, of the way that they're introducing Spidey into the MCU now... You know, he will have grown up with Iron Man having been a hero for most of his life, huh. and and he you know with and he idolizes Tony. Um, you know, it's so it's kind of exploring the idea of of this this new generation of hero being influenced by, you know, the the kind of old guard as it were. You know, but but he was five when when Iron Man was introduced in in this continuity. So and we're I, so we're kind Spider-Man. of. We're kind of going to get introduced to Spider-Man and Black Panther in this Civil War movie. And and more? Is there more? more. I think one more. Well, we're definitely getting getting, uh, Ant-Man in this one. (gasps) Um, It's the same guy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, It's the same guy. Um, And I don't think... Well, I thought thought that most of the heroes that we already have seen will be in this movie. That's what I thought. No, yeah, almost all of them. yeah. Yeah. Here's the thing, and I'm kind of hoping that this is what's going to happen. I'm hoping that... Thor, right? Um, I think that they're... No, they're going to do one more Thor movie. No, 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 no. I mean, I don't think he's in Civil War, is what I'm saying, right? I don't think so. We're only putting the Hulk and... uh... It's it's like uh, Black Widow and Hawkeye 
are going to be in this Falcon, Ant-Man, Spider-Man, Captain America, Iron Man. And the Hulk, right? The Panther. I was Hulk in this one as a main I thought that they even talked about him in the I thought they talked about him in the uh in the trailer like I don't remember that. But... I thought it said something like I thought I, I think something he may like, make an appearance, but I don't think... Yeah, that's just... what I mean. He's going to be in it somewhere. I don't think he's going to be like a, a main thing. He'll just be in there when they're battling or something. Cause... So doesn't he say something like, you got the green guy with you again or whatever? And then, you, you know, you see him with a black eye or whatever? All right, so let's see here. Uh, I got uh, Hawkeye, uh, Sharon Carter, uh, Falcon, Winter Soldier, Vision, oh, okay. Black Panther... Uh, Black Widow, War Machine, uh-huh. on top of uh, Cap and, and and Iron Man. Well, they have John Hurt in it, and he was playing um, Ross. Uh, I can't remember his full name, but oh, he's Thunder- he's a pretty. Yeah, 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 Thunderbolt Ross. He was uh, he he's gonna be in it, talking to Tony and Cap, saying like, "Hey." You know, this is what's going on. Now we have to hunt down Bucky. And Cap's like, no, not Bucky. And then Tony's like, yes, Bucky. Like, I won't do it, no. <laughs> See, is it more of a fight over Bucky, or is it, or are they actually doing the Registration Act stuff? No. They're not going to do the Registration uh, Act at all. None at well, all? Actually, that, my understanding is that they were, because... Like uh, if you watch the, the the one of the more recent trailers, it shows the 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 fight between Crossbones and Cap, and that's supposed to set off a big explosive that explodes a schoolyard, or and and in, in other words, basically using that to set up civil war instead of uh, the New Warriors going after Nitro and yeah, and, uh, you well, know yeah, well, of evil, whatever the hell they were called. Well, I thought that they were going to avoid the Mark Miller storyline entirely just because they're going to... It's like Age of Ultron. It's not... They're, they're taking the title from the Bendis storyline, but it's not actually Age of Ultron, you know? It's, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. I, I, they're I not that, doing... They're, they are diverging from it, but they're still using the same setup, uh, it sounds like. Well, okay. I feel like they're just Cap- calling it Civil War because it's a war... It, you know, it's a fight between Cap and Tony, and I think that's the whole basis of the movie is, oh, Tony and Captain America are going to fight because Bucky went to the bad guy side, now he's grumpy. <laughs> what do you think, Chris? Um, Got anything to add to this? Well, I definitely want to see Captain America smack around Tony a little bit. Uh, <laughs> but I thought it was alluding to the fact that it was not just about Bucky. Yeah. Um, I do see that they were making it more of like a... Uh, what do you call it? Um those reality shows where it's just inner drama, you know, like lock people in a house and oh yeah yeah opinion. <laughs> That's what the movie felt like to me, but I'm pretty critical of Marvel's movie decisions lately. Yeah, well, I don't you really can only have it. a good record for so long, you know. <laughs> you know, I feel like uh, honestly, Doctor Strange is going to be a really good one. That's the one I'm really pumped about. Oh Batman my gosh, games. yes! I just saw oh. the picture of. Cumberbatch there, right? What's his name? Um, yeah, Benedict, Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah, in the uniform, in the outfit with like a, you know, they had computer effects around him, like he was mm-hmm. doing the, uh, you know, Mister Agamotto. Oh, I come here and the eye of Agamotto. Yeah, hey, if you love, um, it looks if great. You love, 
Doctor Strange, and if, and if you're into Saga and Brian K. Vaughn, you need to check out uh, Brian K. Vaughn's run on Doctor Strange. Really? Yes, I didn't. Do. Oh, I didn't know he had a run. I'm yes. Yes. Okay. Good. Let's go to eBay. Well, I'm so wait. excited. Chris, do you got him at Alter Ego? <laughs> no, but uh, they reprinted I, it in a trade. Rob, uh, do you for, have him at Corner Comics? Well, hang on. It, I might. Uh, Chris, help me out here because Lola saved me one. Lola saved me one that was like a Halloween like special reprint thing of issue number one by Brian K. Vaughn and like Lopez, and that's a great run. It's like Doctor Strange and he's like he's got to find the cure for cancer because like whoa man, and it's just brilliant. Yeah, it's the oath. Yeah, and, and it's actually the first introduction of that. Uh, oh shoot, what's his name? The uh, blonde dude. Uh, but he's gonna be a, one of the main characters in the upcoming uh, Benedict Cumberbatch movie. I got to admit a, a little bit of ignorance in, in Doctor Strange. He's one guy that I've never really followed. Oh, I, 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 I read him a lot when I was younger. I liked it. I, he was good. He's he, actually Stan Lee's favorite. I just like, I guess I just like the magical part of it, you know? Definitely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I dig the magic stuff. You know? I just I I wish that that everybody didn't have to sound like such pretentious douches while using magic in the Marvel universe. Mm-hmm. That's uh, exactly why I like them is because it's hilarious to me that they're just like <laughs> yes. That's why I loved um oh god in the Venture Brothers. Oh, oh, uh, I, oh I love so the Venture great. Brothers. Oh, Perfect man. combination uh, of Vincent Price and Doctor Strange. Oh yeah, <laughs> Doctor Orpheus. Doctor oh. Orpheus. So was it just called the Oath, Doctor Strange? Yeah, the Oath? yeah, and it's still a five issue limited so series. Should be able to get it, no problem. Well, it's actually good. It's actually kind of hard to find now. The trade? Oh well, yeah, yeah, because people are snapping up because of you know pictures of Benedict Cumberbatch hitting the internet. Exactly, <laughs> and because Brian K. Vaughn is bloody awesome, so this is one of the better ones to to read. Yeah, did you know that he wrote for Batman? Brian K. Vaughn did? Yeah, he did a three-issue run. It's really? it's really good. Yeah, it's really, really wow. good. I did not know that. Yeah, it deals with uh, Scarface and uh, this character that Bruce Wayne like portrays to get insight oh, on Max some Malone? gangsters. Yeah, Max Malone. Yeah, nice. Yeah, it's wicked. Cool, I'll have to check it's that out. Really- I totally did not know about that. Honestly, he's, de- he's delved in so many different things that... It, it, it passes most people by. He's done Green Lantern. Yeah. Uh, he did a short thing with Batman, obviously. He's done Runaways, which lasted forever. Oh, yeah. um, he and did a short... He did what? And it stopped and started, too. I mean, that was... That, uh, that one, like, uh, went back to issue one, uh, like, at least once. You know, yeah. I think before they were able to actually complete the, the, the storyline. So, you know... Yeah. That was actually like the first yeah. trade I think I ever read of, of anything Marvel related. Right on. See, with all the Brian K. Vaughn stuff for me, it, it, it's uh, I want to say uh, Ex Machina and Why the Last Man were were the first things that really caught me with him. And oh. uh, man, hmm? yeah, Why the Last Man is probably my favorite thing I've ever read ever. I love Why the Last Man. I wish that... I, I feel like it needed, like, another 20 pages just to pat out the ending a little bit. You know? Just just to... to uh, and I think and I feel like it would have been absolutely bloody perfect. Mm, I can uh, see what you're saying. 
you know, uh, Ex Machina, uh, that and Transmetropolitan are the two series that I read every election cycle because you just have to. Um, you know, and uh, um, right because now, of the political you, commentaries with it and everything. Oh yeah, yeah, and they're, well because there's such a brilliant political uh, breakdown. You know, I mean, with with Ex Machina, the the whole series ultimately is about how power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely, sure. and or that you're willing to compromise your your ethics to get things done. You know, uh, the 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 more awful things you'll be willing to do, kind of in you know in at the back end. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it it's really uh, you know a story less about this this guy being mayor for his first term and more about this guy's fall uh, from you know superhero to what we exactly expect out of every politician that we see. Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, so it's a, it's a brilliant commentary I think on 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 just the the the, the mire and muck of of American politics. And then um, Transmetropolitan uh, is is almost prescient in in uh, the way it's laid out. I mean, good lord, the the, the first book of Transmet uh, to me almost mirrors uh, the events in Ferguson. Wow. Um, I would not have made that comparison. That's okay. Yeah. Yeah. It it it's. I mean, with the transient riots and and you know. Uh, being essentially uh, uh, kind of manufactured to get, you know, what the state wants. Sure. Uh, um, you know, I, and so so I, I saw a lot of connections there. You know, you have a lot of uh, um, of different elements that, you know, I mean, he, he's, he's dealing with two different uh, presidential regimes. Uh, you know, uh, you're dealing with uh, uh, media, how media is silenced when it uh when it doesn't kind of go along with with what the status quo should be sure um i mean there, there are just so many things about transmet that 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 uh i feel are relevant uh, to uh to a lot of discussions that we're having today i mean hell there's that whole section about uh you know talking about uh you know religion and whatnot uh, you know where they're at the like religious convention and and whatnot that, that that really almost remind me of some of the stuff that the Tea Party and some of these other folks are start spewing out. You know, it, it's really interesting when you look at it mm-hmm. that that it, it's it's like Warren Ellis and Derek Robertson kind of telling the future. Huh. You know, speaking of that, uh, has anyone seen this latest Fox News update on Captain America? No, I haven't. I don't think so. so. What do you mean? Well, okay, <laughs> it's it's really funny. Um, so Fox News, being Fox News, of course, uh, <laughs> brought up uh, this one of the more recent issues of Captain America. Now Sam Wilson taking over the role. Uh, oh yes, yeah. And we're like, meh. But they weren't just mad about it being Sam Wilson. They were mad because, dun dun dun, they think that one of the villains is a conservative Republican. And he totally is. <laughs> it, well, he. The Sons of the Serpent are totally the Minutemen, kind of mixed in with the Tea Party, mixed in with the militia. You know, I think I mean, it's easy to pinpoint anyone being against... And, I mean, they even said so on the on Fox News. They were like, you know, this guy just wants his borders to be closed and his country to be, you know, free of uh, illegal immigrants. And that's totally what this character is. Oh, yeah. But it's very much... They were just going at it and be like keep comics out of politics and politics out of comics, which is hilarious because 
<laughs> Captain America was invented. Why? To punch Hitler in the friggin' mouth. Yep. Yeah. Well, and, over and, and comics, over again. And, Alan Bellman. Oh, yeah. Over and over again. And, and comics have always been involved with politics and, and vice versa. You know, Absolutely. you... You know, uh, the, in terms of commentary, in terms of well, hell, just just look at the the, the mass censorship that was attempted in the mid fifties. You know, oh, the whole yeah, seduction totally. of innocent. Um, oh, God, that friggin' thing. Yeah. Oh, and, and more interestingly enough, in the last year or two, um, Wortham, the guy who wrote Seduction of the Innocent, and uh, was the big guy who really uh, uh, spurred Congress uh, forward to to try and and ban comics. Um, found that all of his data was uh was falsified <laughs> oh that, of course. yeah yeah i mean it just just like uh the, this this analyst was was able to go through and review the original data and found that it was all a bunch of bullshit and, yeah. and that, that it was basically a, a means to an end to, to 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 support the narrative that he wanted to put forth sure chris and i have had multiple conversations where i mean like we've read something we sat down and we talked about the implications. I mean, I, I can't think of the last thing that it was, but I, I know for a fact that we had a good long discussion. I think it was on Deadly Class and talking about like Reagan, because Reagan is like the main reason for the main character's like origin story, if you will, in Deadly Class. It's just like this anti-Reagan mentality of I'm going to kill the president. Okay. And we were talking about like the implication, you know, or uh, implementation of politics and comics, and then we started talking about. You know, Reaganism. Politics is, has forever been a part of it. I mean, Chris, you, you do you remember which conversation I'm talking about? I've definitely had that conversation. The the I think what I've um, been bringing up lately was the uh, God. When was it? Was it Dole's wife who wanted to censorship music? Yeah, and, no, it was Gore's wife. Gore's wife. That's who it was. Was it Gore? Damn, it was yeah. Gore. All and, of them. <laughs> But then I, I was watching the video on it, and you have Dee Snyder with uh, John Denver, you know, <laughs> and Dee Snyder sits down and he looks the part of you know what what was the name of his band? Um, Twisted, Twisted Sister. Sister. Yeah, he looks the part and he plays the part, and when he sits down, he starts talking, and it's just like um, lofty diction, scientific identification of the issue at hand. And then you get John Dever basically sits down and is like, I completely agree with this individual. And you see Gore's <laughs> wife just like, <gasps> you know, just, <laughs> how dare you? My yeah. sensibility. And, and now how... Dee Snyder is loaning his song to Trump. Oh, God. Wait, what? Yeah, he's totally letting Trump use we're not gonna we're not gonna take it. Wait a minute. What? Yeah. I know, right? No. Yeah. No. It's totally, it's totally true. But, I, no, I, I don't want to live on this planet anymore. It's not just, <laughs> yeah, that is that is that is Trump's official like no, campaign song, and D. Snyder totally this. said, "Hey, it's all good." That's I'm terrible. googling this, man. Yeah, I'm out of no way, it. man. Google it. My facts are solid, sir. <laughs> <laughs> are you gonna fact check me? I am the credible Hulk up in this bitch. The credible Hulk. <laughs> He's That's Google. Right. The credible. Are... I like that credible Hulk. I am <laughs> credible Hulk. That's yeah, right. me look so, up facts. Someone make a comic out of that. <laughs> I'm going to, and I'm going to tweet it to John Stewart. Oh wait, he's retired. I will tweet it to someone who matters. Yeah. He tweets it to all of us. Oh. Oh. 
We matter. We matter. Yeah. I, I matter. I, I matter. No, I gave a meme a while back. It's like, you wouldn't like me when I'm angry because I always back up my rage with facts and documented sources. <laughs> Speaking of uh, Twitter, by the way, um, I actually got a retweet uh, back from Tom King, uh, the guy who's doing Omega Men and Sheriff of Babylon right now. Uh-huh. Oh, and uh, Vision. That's a guy that everyone should be keeping an eye out for right now because that guy can tell a story. Vision I, is solid if you have mm-hmm. not read it yet. I think that's you know, the Sheriff of Babylon. I haven't so read that one yet. Okay, so do you know his backstory at all? No. Former CIA operative. Oh, that should be interesting then. He uh, is telling his firsthand experiences about being in uh, Baghdad with Sheriff of Babylon. Mm-hmm. And he has got some stories to tell. Because, I mean, after 9 11 happened, he signed up and he was like, pfft. I'm not going to do the military. I'm going to do the CIA. And then he just like became awesome. And he was just like, that's right. Look at me. Pff, I'm Tom King. Pff, I'm awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and then like 10 years later, he's like, you know, what I'm going to do. Pff, I'm going to write really good comics. Pff. I'm just going to do it. Just going to do it. Pff, whatever. Pff. <laughs> Is that like web shooters? <laughs> <laughs> sure. I hope it's web shooters. <laughs> Because there's something, like, white and gooey and sticky over here, and I don't think it... Oh, God. Oh, what is going on with you now? Hey, he's the one making... My sensibility. He was like, whatever, you know, hey. If he can do that, oh, I was thinking webs, I'm going to go over here to the corner. <laughs> I'm going to go cry myself to sleep. Hey, Chris, you know what? It's getting about time that maybe we should all put ourselves in the corner and get out of this uh, podcast. Is there any other things you want to add before we uh, get ourselves out of here? Any other things that they really should look for that well, we didn't get to yet? Uh, well, not so much in the comic book store, but the um, did you guys see the Rebels mid-season trailer? Oh my gosh, yes, I did. Anyone else see that? I did not. I believe someone showed it to me today. I oh, that's name. right. That's right. Yeah, someone did send you the link when we were talking earlier. Somebody. Uh, ho, ho, ho. Somebody that looks like Chewbacca right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not wearing the mask at the moment. At the moment. That thing's awesome, by the way. <laughs> but Don't. yes, Um. so, yeah, so the, the mid-season trailer thingy here um i don't all right so it's i think it's i'm gonna spoil it if anyone hasn't seen it but i think it's i think it's darth maul that's the old master right mm. it definitely looked like it yeah like you can see this the tattoos especially on his nose and then but everyone's saying that it's a there's a prototype for uh star killer base and i'm like where they show a white planet with a red beam coming out, but that underneath that is where the, the the pyramid is for the Sith power. All that is is when he plugs all the um, when he plugs that last holocron, a Sith holocron, into that crystal that's in the center of the pyramid, it just shoots that beam up into space. It's not like it's a prototype or anything for anything. It's not a weapon. Oh no! Hmm. no. It out. Okay, question. I've heard both sides. Is Rebels worth watching? Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. 
My brother, I, I'll tell you, my brother thought it was a kid's show. And Jenny was like, I just didn't want to give it a chance. It just looked too kiddy. But then when we were at Christmas, he said that he got on and or just happened to have it on the station or something and caught part of a, this one from season two. And he was like, I ended up just watching it all, the rest of it. And he goes, I just was totally blown away. He goes, it completely feels like Star Wars. He goes, I loved it. So then he's been going back and just he hit record all. And he's trying to, like, see if he can catch them all, even though he's seen them in the wrong order, you know? Well, it, you know, and I, I am friends with a few that think it's terrible. So I'm sitting here going, do I put time in or do I not put time in and take everybody's... You know what I mean? Like, did I'm kind like of... Did you like Clone Wars? Um, uh, I think I did. I don't remember. Like, there's so much I've watched that, <laughs> you know, I'm just like, yeah, I think I did. Yeah. I would compare it to that. I think the farther it goes, the better it gets. Yeah, it has. Okay. It has been getting better the further it goes. I is will it say... uh, a full season in yet? Or is it just in the first season now? Rebels? Yeah. Mid-second season. This is second, second season. season. Mid-second, yeah. Is it on so, Netflix? That's what I was just going to ask. Uh, is it in the first series? I don't know. I feel I've like been watching I... it on the XD app on Apple TV. They, oh, I don't I think have. they have it on Netflix anymore. Okay. Okay. I, felt I have like, Apple TV, so. I felt like I saw the first season somewhere that you could just watch it, but on one of those things, but I'm not, I just can't remember which one it was off the top of my head. Then. Okay. I keep trying well, to find more Star Wars related stuff on Netflix, but they keep taking it down. Well, and somebody said a while back, oh, all the, um, the four, five, and six are on Netflix. I'm like, yeah, because then I don't have to put in my DVD. And then I was like, it's not here. What are you talking yeah. about? Like, who said that? Why did someone say that? Because it's not here. I think you know? that Netflix only gets the copyrights for a little while before yeah. they, they like can take it. You know, they're forced to take it down. Remember when Avengers was on there for like a good like oh, maybe a yeah. year? Yeah. 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 Yeah, I think that just takes a long while. And I mean, Star Wars is back up again, so of course they're going to be like, hey, the movies are out, go buy the DVDs, money, 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 money. Yeah, yeah, they right. take them down when something's in the theater that they think might get you to buy the product. And then it, yeah. and then it sometimes comes back up like six months later, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and, and they're signing new contracts for content all the time, too, which sometimes involves stuff that they used to carry before that where the contracts had lapsed. Yeah, and there's there's just stuff up like everywhere. Like the like I said, I was in like several bookstores, and everything right up front is the Force Awakens book or the little um, before the Force Awakens. Um, there's all the books, all the magazines, all the um, kid books, um, everything, and you're just like, wow, you could get so absorbed in it but then all the news articles everywhere have you looked at this theory have you guessed this theory have you and some of them are so outlandish it's like okay are people bored you know and no one wants to let go of star wars yet yeah go back to the theater and see it some more but i think people are just mm -hmm. jumping in so many times that they just want and it's gonna leave the theater and then everybody's gonna go when's the dvd when's the dvd you know and then the dvd will come out and everything star wars toys everything will relaunch like they do with everything they're gonna come out with new toys you just watch and see well, i think the getting rid of the expanded universe really left a vacuum that people are people are really trying to fill right now you know yes. oh yeah yeah and, and i think that that's the reasoning behind so many different fan theories about so many different things that's why um, I asked about Rebels, because I was like, okay, where do they throw themselves in 
to the the Star Wars world because I get so like when I read a book, watch a movie, um, you know, things like that. So like I'm start and then if they veer off in some other direction, I'm like, wait a minute. And I'll start to get confused because my head is like <laughs> all the stuff, you know, really well. And then it, you just get confused. Where does it sit in, in continuity? Like, between what movies? Like, what's that? What are you saying? Rebels. Sorry. Where does Rebels Oh, it's, sorry, yeah. It's, um, let's see. So, season one, I think, was supposed to be five years before they capture the plans for the Death Star that you see in New Hope. So, it's oh. supposed to be five years before the events of Rogue One. Oh geez, or okay. Rogue, so we're still... Yeah, right. It's called Rogue One. Is that the that's the movie yes. coming, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I think it and then so season two is four years before it. And then season three will be three years before it. You know what I mean? And then uh they're not saying yet if they're doing a season four or five that'll take you right up to Rogue One yet. So they're still not doing anything between six and seven. Other than books, no, just comics and books. Yeah, and I want comics. Canon? I want them. Yeah, yeah the, comics the, con- are, the comics are canon. I want okay. them to do like a, another cartoon or a TV show or something that shows. I want to see like Han, Luke, and Leia, and what they're doing like together, like directly after the events of Return of the Jedi. Because I imagine they stayed together as a team fighting for a little while. Yes, they said they didn't start breaking up until. Um, they had the children and Luke trained them and stuff and things went to shit, you know? So I mm. want to see the before that happens yeah, stuff and Luke training people and those guys doing on adventures together as they stop uh, the remnants of the Empire, you know? Because I'm sure there's pockets that they put down, you know, and, and things like that, you know? Well, mm-hmm. I really hope that they have something that leads um, basically at the end of Shattered Empire. Because Shadow yeah, Empire, that, would be nice. that too, was, yes. I think, was a great setup for not just Force Awakens, but the mm-hmm. stories between six and seven. Yeah, no, right. absolutely. Because yeah. I mean, it's basically talking about Poe's parents, you know, as the main characters in that, you know, and it would be nice to see where they where they go from there. I, I agree, hundred percent. That should yeah. probably that should be their next series. I think in the comics, yeah, I'd love to see that stuff. But on TV, I, w- I want to see like an animated series with our classic heroes like Luke, Leia, and Chewie and Han. See, mm-hmm. one of the reasons with why... With PO and R2 tagging along, you know, I, I want a cartoon with that, you know. I feel I like, like the one Lego of the ones. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I do. I love the Lego ones, yeah. For me, I think one of the reasons why I liked Star Wars was because they were just like, hey, you want to know the backstory? Here's like a little, you know, clip and then here's, let's jump into the main story here. You know, the reason why I enjoyed A New Hope is because they were just like, here, we're going to throw you into this universe. You don't get to know every single detail. That's if you true. can't figure it out. You were in the middle th- of the story. You didn't really know. Yeah. And and they did the same, a lot in this movie that was the similar where it was like you were just in the middle of the movie and you didn't know what was going on. They mentioned stuff, but you're like, well, I hope just like in New Hope, they were like, you know, you're. Your father fought in the Clone Wars, and you're like, "What? What's the Clone Wars?" You know, seriously. And forever, yeah. we were all like, "What's the Clone Wars?" What's and they going did on that again the in this movie? You know, there were lots of times where they were like, you know, they mentioned things, and that's that's just what's getting me. I'm just like, "What's that? 
wait, really? How did she get the lightsaber? What? Wait a minute. Yeah. Like, Kanji Club? Who are those guys? The Guavi gang? Death gang? I want to see how he did those deals and who's he working for to get these monsters, you know? Like, oh, that's cool. <laughs> I think that that's a good part of storytelling. I think that that's... It, it, it does a real insult. world. Yes, it does not insult the audience. It makes you go, you can put this together, you're an adult, put this together right. and you'll understand the, the, the storyline. It's not terribly difficult to put together, you know? And you want to play, play guesses, but that's like any relationship you have. You don't go into a relationship knowing every single detail about you know yeah. Yeah, what's true. going on behind and i think that that's what what they've done with star wars they, they've said hey here's this universe that we have kind of built up immensely but you're only going to pay attention to this part of the storyline right now because this is what the main storyline is going to be yeah that's something i've always applauded when it comes to star wars is because it, it just it doesn't insult it's the exciting. audience mm-hmm. well and and in in my thinking it's just it's fun because then every it gives in a way it gives people something to talk about you know it not that wow that was just a good movie do you know that this happened and this happened and this is this and this is that i mean for me that's kind of what the when we did that whole star wars conversation and i said i didn't think that the prequels were needed except maybe this one chunk um Mm -hmm. Because everybody kind of knew the details leading up the, of the who's who and mm-hmm. where they came from. It's the other stuff was just story fluff, and Ooh. which is fine. But again, I it gives people something to talk about. What did you think? Who do you think this person is? Where do you think they came from? Did they really die? You know, like yeah, those kind of things. Sure. I think the thing that annoys me the most about the prequels more than anything else is that they take away all of the the power from the big reveal in the original trilogy. Right. Yeah. Yeah. What do you mean? Yeah. The 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 the, 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 the Vader the, the Vader, Vader reveal and Empire paternity reveal. Yeah. See, I don't have a problem with that. Away all the gravitas from that. You, you know, know, I mean, I feel like the, the the thing that they missed the the ball on honestly is more that they didn't do a good enough job of building the Anakin story at all because it's one thing to be like you know how this is going to end but it's how you tell the story that makes it good if you don't tell the good story of of like why Anakin is the way he is if you don't build up uh, a good relationship with a main character you're not going to have a good time I mean it's you can make a story you know and be like hey I I know how this is going to end John dies at the end and and anyone can know that but it's how you tell the story that makes it good Mm -hmm. yeah like yeah that and Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> hey, the, hey, the Empire is Jar Jar's fault. Uh oh. Uh oh. See, Don't get me started. now you're making me say it again. We saw out of here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, Chris, thanks for coming on and talking a little bit with us. <laughs> thanks for having me. Yeah. Tyler, Christina, Rob, thanks again. Thank you. Thank you, sir. And I'm John, and we're out of here. Keep it geeky out there, everybody. See ya. Adios. And now it's time to get your geek on at the con. Today we have Tarana Cliff with Dwayne. Dustin Reese is going to tell us a little bit about Bunny Maelstrom. And then Meg Lyman 
is going to tell us about Crash Octopus. And you all know how I love octopi. So here we go. Let's check out some of these artists and geek out with them a little bit at the various cons around town. Yay! So I'm here at Geek Girl Con 2015, and I ran across a really cool interactive webcomic on this awesome iPad that I found. And I'm here with the artist and writer, right? Yeah. And uh, I want to, you know, introduce yourself and describe a little bit about what this is about. Uh, hi, I am uh, Tarana Cliff, and this is my webcomic, Nguyen, The Night Who Wandered Dream. And it is about this lady knight, and she goes on these fantasy adventures, uh, and she fights monsters, and she meets this weird robot guy, and there's all kinds of weird stuff going on. Sounds like it's got a little bit of everything. It, it does a little bit. It, I try to make it all gel together to make sense within the, the world, so it's not like a kitchen sink situation. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, so yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun to make it and animate, and it takes a lot of work. Yeah, I noticed a few of the panels. When you touch on the panel, like on the iPad, the, the, it would rotate around the character and show it from a different angle. There's one, when you touch it, like the sword is missing, and then she's like, oh, I, you know, how, how did you do a lot of that? Well, I, uh, I animate in Photoshop, and then I export a GIF, and uh, then I put it together in HTML uh, so that when you click it, uh, the GIF will play once, and it won't loop. Uh, and uh, it's a lot of fun to put it all together. Cool. And where can people find this? Where can they follow along with you? Uh, you can follow at nwain.com. That is N-W-A-I-N.com. Uh, and you can follow me at Twitter, uh, Tarana Cliff. Uh, and on Facebook, Nguyen Webcomic. All right, cool. And I always like to find out, since I'm since it's a geek show, what are you currently geeking out about? What are you really into right now? Well, right now I'm into this one video game called Banished, where it's uh, about these couple of people, like a few families, and you are banished to this sort of wilderness, and you have to try to build a village, and usually everybody dies. <laughs> uh, but uh, if you balance the economy just right and build all the roads and things, you can uh, survive for a few more years until you run out of tools, and then everybody dies. Uh, so I really like that game. That's cool. Thank you. Are you having a good convention this time? Oh, yeah, I sure am. Geek Girl's a pretty cool place. Yes, definitely. Well, hey, thanks a lot for your time. I appreciate it. Uh, thank you. So I'm wandering around Geek Girl Con, and I found some amazing little... I, I love these postcards of different sort of Marvel characters in unusual situations. Some of them are as parents, things like that. And I'm here with the artist. I want you to... Why don't you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your artwork. All right. Hi, my name is Dustin Reese. Um, I do digital artwork, digital watercolor style. Um, the the prints that you're talking about is part of a series that I did. It's if superheroes had to be parents. And you, you never see them be parents. You always see them saving the world, but you never see them taking care of the kids. So I wanted to do something uh, fun and kind of goofy off the wall. A lot of the prints that I do are kind of mashups, humor type things. You know, I, I have a piece of if Voltron met Optimus Prime and they fist bumped, there'd just be an explosion. They're bro-formers, and that, that's what they would do. Um, yeah. <laughs> 
tell everybody where they can find some of this stuff online or yeah you, you can find it online at bunnymaelstrom.com and then we also have uh, Facebook and Twitter Facebook is uh, Bunny Maelstrom as well and then uh, Twitter is The Dust Dead so. alright cool and then I always like to find out, since I'm a geek show, what have you been currently geeking out about? Uh, currently I've been geeking out on Steven Universe. It, it came on Hulu recently, and I was like, I'm just going to watch one episode, check it out, and then 35 episodes later I'm like, okay, well, now I want more. So, <laughs> Yeah, Steven Universe is great. I love the characters. Pearl's my favorite. Um, I, lo I love her sword. I love her attitude. She's she's very uh, prim, proper, and, and organized, but she's, she's strategic. Amethyst is not the best. <laughs> <laughs> Someone like, yelled that Amethyst is the best. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, Steven Universe is totally awesome. That's what I'm geeking out on right now. That's cool. Yeah. Hey, man, thanks a lot for coming on and giving us a couple minutes of your time. All right, thank you very much. Have a good show. You too. I hope you have a great show. Oh, thanks. Has it been going well? <laughs> oh, yeah, it's been great. I'm not in charge of uh, transactions and monies. That, that's her job. How are we doing? Thumbs up? We're doing good. We're, doing good. We're doing thumbs up good. All so right, there all we right. go. Yeah. That's great. It's good to hear. Awesome. All right, thank you. Thank you. So I'm here at Geek Girl Con, and I ran into some really amazing cuttlefish, octopi, Cthulhu-esque kind of things that's a mixture with pop culture references like Batman with tentacle arms and a cookie monster with tentacles. And I want her to introduce herself and tell us a little bit about this amazing, cool artwork she's got going on here. Hi, this is Meg Lyman, and I'm the artist. I love octopus and squid. Uh, I think they're really interesting creatures, and they're nice and blobby and cute, so you can make them into pretty much anything. And once I started doing that, I really couldn't stop. Yeah, some of this stuff is great. I love the Batman as, a, as kind of a cuttlefish octopus, and the uh, cookie monster octopi is just great. Thank you. Um, yes, I like to geek out about, well, you know, I take all the things that I really like, and I make them into... Um, cute cephalopods and I also like it when people come up and say oh I really like this character you should do one of these and people love to give suggestions and a lot of them really turned into great fun pieces of art that I never would have thought of myself so it's really kind of collaborative with the fans. That's really cool. Where can everybody find out about this? Where can they go see it? So I have a blog where I post all my new art it's called crashoctopus.com cool. and I also have an Etsy shop under my name which is Meg Lyman L-Y-M-A-N so you can look there too. Awesome yeah we'll definitely get people going there and what are you currently geeking out about what's something that's really got your attention these days? Well I really loved Fury Road so I did a Fury Octopus for this convention and right now I just finished rereading the book uh, the novel Dune so I'm trying to make some Dune art with oh, octopus. Looks pretty good that's cool. Yeah. I think uh, I really, well, I have a great time doing this and I can't stop. So if anyone sees my stuff and they have suggestions, just send me a note. I'm happy to sketch stuff. Awesome. Do you have any good convention? Yes, great so far. That's great. That's great. Well, I wish you well. Thanks a lot for coming on. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. See you later. You've been listening to the Super Awesome Geek Show with John Adams, Jason Rigdon, Eric Locke, Matt B., and Rob Clifford. The Super Awesome Geek Show is part of Kingdom of the Geeks. We put up new episodes every Friday. You can find us on iTunes and on the website at superawesomegeekshow.com. You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash superawesomegeekshow. Follow us on Twitter at awesomegeekshow. And if you'd like to help, you can support us on Patreon, p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash superawesomegeekshow. Or make one of the purchases of our fine toys, art, and collectibles on the eBay store, stores.ebay.com slash kingdomofthegeeks. All your support does help, and we really, really appreciate it. 
If you'd like to be on the show, just contact us, superawesomegeekshow at gmail.com. Well, that about wraps it up. Thanks a lot for listening, and see you next Friday on the Super Awesome Geek Show! Super Awesome Geek Show!